from Impact Fashion, it's Be Impactful, a show about the women making a difference in their own corners of the world. I'm Rifki Itzkowitz, and on today's show, I go solo to talk about what the past few months have been like for my business and for my family, and how all of that culminated in the origami dress. profession like mine, it's pretty impossible to not have your life influence your work in a major way. And I guess you could say that there has been a lot going on in my life the past few months. So here's your catch up. Hey lovelies, it's just us today and that's kind of fun. I have a lot that has been accumulating, I guess you could say, over the past few months. And with the new origami dress coming out, it seemed like it was time to catch up. So here we are, catching up. I want to give you a little bit of insight on what the past couple of months have been like um, for me as a business and what has been going on here. Um, And also kind of put it into context of things that were going on um, with my family. So we'll dive right in. If you are an avid listener of the podcast, then you will already know this, Um, but in January of 2019, my grandfather, my mother's father, was diagnosed with glioblastoma, which is a brain tumor. It's not a great bit of news to get, obviously, Um, and it was... An, an interesting year, I guess you could say. Um, my family has always been incredibly close. Um, I've always been close with my cousins. I've always been close with my grandparents. Um, but when you go through something like that, I understand how it rips families apart. And I'm so glad that in our case, and I'm not really, su- I'm not really surprised that this was the case um but we pulled together we pulled rank it everyone banded together and did what they needed to do to uh to pull through that um and we did that for about 14 months Uh, he was diagnosed in january of 2019 he had surgery shortly after he was diagnosed and started chemo a little bit after that, um, sometime around February, March of 2019. Um, there was chemo, there was radiation, there was doctor's appointments, there was lots of things that needed to be coordinated, there was, you know, the taking care of him and, and all of that. Um, and it just so happens to be that in my family, there are a couple of people who make their own schedules. Um, there are a couple of people who have jobs that have really flexible hours, and I'm one of them because. I am my own boss, so I give myself very reasonable accommodations, and um, I was part of the the carpool train, basically, um, to help get my grandparents to the chemo appointments, to the radiation appointments, and have all that going. Um, We did that for a year, 
in December of 2019. So towards the end of last year, he took a very hard left turn um, and things got pretty bad pretty fast from there. In some cases, you have a slow decline where things get a little, a little bit worse every day. And that, um, there was certainly some of that. Um, but for the most part, there was one day um, where there was a pretty dramatic decline. Pretty, pretty dramatic. Um, and it was kind of like from one day to the next. One day he was talking, and then one day he wasn't. Um, one day he could get out of bed, and then one day he couldn't. And that all happened pretty much overnight. Um, that was on a Wednesday. The Sunday, immediately after that, was the launch party for Miriam Pascal's new cookbook. Um, I've had Miriam on the, on the podcast. We spoke about... Um, how she put together that book, uh, and I was honored to be able to dress her for that event. And we had been working together for a couple weeks beforehand to pull together a dress that was fantastic on her. She wore the Jackie dress; it looked, it looked incredible on her. And when the time for the actual event came, I was in—I mean, I—I I was not in a good spot. Um, I pulled together for the event. Um, what was very strange was that, I mean, that whole event is pretty much a blur in my head. Um, but it was it was definitely a highlight in my career. Um, I, I got a lot of attention from that event. Um, and it was just so lovely to be able to be a part of someone's big night like that. But personally, I was an absolute wreck. Um, I remember being at that party and being in a total fog, like accepting congratulations and shaking hands and all the while just feeling totally awful. Um, but the show must go on, right? And and your life continues. Uh, so for the next three months from December of 2019 on, the family kind of banded together even more than we had over the past year. And we pulled through. Um, my work is pretty mobile, aside from being flexible. Um, and my grandmother didn't want to ever leave my father my grandfather alone um, with hospice and with the AIDS um, so I would take my computer and I would work out of their house so she could go grocery shopping sometimes I do her grocery shopping for her or go with her so that she wouldn't have to drive things like that before the spring 2020 collection came out while I was planning that launch we all knew we would be wrapping things up pretty soon and I knew that I would be a mess. I mean, I was a mess. It wasn't a matter of what I would be. Um, and I also knew that I wouldn't be able to focus on promoting the new collection when it came out. So I took all that nervous energy and I channeled it into the Tales of Impact, which was this idea that I came up with from not the best place, really, this place of desperation of really wanting everything to be very pre-planned, of telling this epic plot an epic storyline um that wove the three dresses that were part of the spring 20 collection together in this tale 
to be honest, it was a completely awful idea. Um, it was, it was way too complicated. It was way too drawn out. And I mean, I know that you lovelies care about my thoughts, not some made up fairy tale, but my own thoughts at the time were kind of numb. And doing a storyline like that meant that I had a month of pre-planned content. It meant that the marketing plan could be structured around it. And it required absolutely no brain power on my part once it was set up. It was all pre-written weeks before it was released. Um, And it was a bad idea that was perfect for an awful moment, pretty much. Tales of Impact started with the launch of the point dress on Tuesday, February 25th. My grandfather died on Saturday morning, February 29th, 2020. Throughout the week of Shiva, actually, I was preparing for the launch of the Flutter dress, the second dress from the Spring 20 collection. I was creating emails and finalizing photos from the Shiva house, and I was there for most days every day. I was, I, I myself was not sitting Shiva, uh, because it is my grandfather, um, but uh, together with one of my aunts, um, I was keeping keeping the place running. The flutter dress went live on what was officially the last night of Shiva, March 7th. It was my most successful launch up to that point, which was a lot of emotion to hold at once. Um, it, it, was, it was really overwhelming. The Jewish holiday of Purim was three days later, on Tuesday, March 10th. Um, it was really intense. <laughs> Um, and it was just another one of those times when my family really came together. At this point, COVID was kind of in the air, but not really on anyone's radar. It was still, I remember even at the Shiva house, someone saying, talking about this virus that's in China. And like, can you believe they closed off an entire province of Wuhan and, and all of that? Um, and I at that point also... New Rochelle um, had been told to quarantine. Um, my brother and sister-in-law had quarantined at that point because they, um, one of their kids had been exposed. And yeah, that was Purim on Tuesday. By Sunday, by that Sunday, March 15th, two people in my husband's office had tested positive uh, and we went into quarantine, uh, myself and my husband. Just for reference, this was the point in time when Ephraim was saying, if you just stay home for two weeks, it'll all go away. It'll all die out. We all just need everyone to stay home for two weeks. And we all know how that story ended. We, this was before everything shut down. This was before things were really, you know, this was while they were still playing basketball. The last section of the Tales of Impact, the part for the tulip dress, was shot entirely in my apartment because we were in quarantine. This was before Pretty much everyone else had been put into quarantine. By the time that dress went live on March 19th, everything had been shut down. The tulip dress premiered to crickets. I mean, nothing. <laughs> and it was scary. Um, it, it was really, really scary. I certainly panicked a bit. I was frozen in time for a few weeks. And it was once the 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 panic, I guess, for lack of a better word, kind of died down a little bit. Then I started thinking about 
what was the place that I hold in your mind when you don't need my product, when you can't buy my product? Um, what are, what, what is my purpose now? Um, which sounds so deep now that I say it out loud. And in a way it was really very deep. It was existential in that way. But as I started thinking, I was thinking about what it is that you need. So I did contests for pizza dinners with your family. I created at-home activities like the Itty Bitty Impact Set to keep everyone occupied. I ran series on Instagram about taking care of yourself. I did podcast episodes here uh, with Ellie Shavalis on homeschooling and with Shashi, Shashi, Shashi Shine. Sorry, bungled your name there. Old lisps coming out. But with her on what it's like being on the front lines. And things started getting back to normal a little bit, a tiny bit. The amount of people listening to the podcast grew in quarantine. I'm, I know so many of you started listening in quarantine, and I'm so glad that this show was able to be a part of maintaining a sense of normalcy for you. Uh, the amount of people visiting the blog, my studio table, grew every day. The amount of people following on Instagram, it grew every day. And the people were there, and the lovelies like you were really what pulled me through. Uh, when I launched a lovely sale to help out the healthcare workers, you showed up at a railway, and and it meant so much. And then on top of all of that, on top of dealing with everything that was going on in the world and um, in my own family's life, there were the supply chain issues. My factory was completely shut down for months. I knew that once they reopened, I would have very little inventory left. And I also knew that it would take a while until they would be able to get to my stuff. So it would be even longer until we can start bringing styles back. Because I knew that there would be such little inventory left, I decided to see it as an opportunity. This new world calls for a different approach to fashion. And I started thinking about what place I occupy in that new world. And to me, that meant moving away from very formal pieces and to a slightly more looser place that worked with today's events. Today's events are not black tie affairs. They almost can't be uh, because of the way that they need to take place. And the truth is that I had the idea for the origami dress last summer. Uh, there were a few key issues that I was hoping to address from an inventory perspective. Um, it's really, really hard to keep 12 sizes in stock because having 12 sizes means that it's essentially 12 separate products. Because if you love a dress and I don't have it in your size, I might as well not have it in any size. So from a space perspective, just think about the space for 12 dresses. You know, most brands will have a size range of about five sizes and stocking 12 sizes is just more space than stocking five sizes. And I do not have unlimited space. Obviously from a cash perspective, it is more expensive to make more in each size. And that was always a challenge of keeping things in stock in the right sizes and having sizes, you know, sizes would sometimes be sold out for months before I could get them back in. And that was something that I didn't love and that I wanted to address. Another thing was that even with free returns and even with free shipping and even with having it be so easy to get, you know, to, to try on the dress at home and see if you love how it works for you, it's still annoying. 
And I get that it's annoying to have to go to the post office and to have to worry about making a return and all of that. And I knew that for a lot of people, not knowing their size was holding them back from purchasing. Um, and my favorite thing is to help people figure out their size and help people figure out what styles would work for them. And it's still, it's still a challenge and it's still something that I know I certainly hesitate when I'm shopping by someone and I'm not sure exactly how their sizing works. It is something that I take into consideration. And then separately, I really wanted to fight this notion that a potato sack dress was the only acceptable option for a woman above a certain size. I wanted to show that you can do loose without doing schlumpy. And I wanted to show that you can do that good clothes are not. If you know how to design, then you know how to design for bigger sizes. Or let me put it this way. If you don't know how to design for women above a certain size, then you do not know how to design. You know how to take fabric and drape it on a dress form that doesn't breathe or eat or sleep or do anything meaningful with its time. If you want to dress real living people, then that means that you need to make clothes that make real living people feel good. And if you can't do that, then why are you even bothering? So I was looking at all of these issues and I realized that a one size dress that was somehow fitted or adjustable would solve these problems. You wouldn't need to know your size because you're it's one, it's one size. Um, keeping it in stock would be much simpler because I'm not stocking it in 12 sizes. I'm stocking it in one size. And it would kind of by nature be a looser style. But what if I could make it not be a tent? What if I could make it have real design to it, real shape to it. So I started thinking about it and thinking about what would a one size fits two through 24 dress look like. And the truth is that I'd never seen anything like it. And I did my research and I was looking at caftans and ponchos and all these shapeless things. And I realized that it didn't exist. No one had ever done anything like this before. So I started playing around with shapes and seams. I cut dresses that fit size 24 and put them on my size 2 dress form and played around. I molded the fabric. There were so many issues to resolve. Thinking just about the width of the sleeve. How do you have a sleeve that also, not only that it fits 2 through 24, but that it looks amazing on 2 through 24. So when you think about, if you have a sleeve that's just, okay, it'll just be oversized on a 2 and tight on a 24, but then that's a totally different dress, it's a totally different look, so I wanted it to still have that same ease on a 24 that it had on a 2 without drowning the 2 or choking the 24. Things like the neckline, um, how do you have a neckline that will fit a size 24 head or neck but that will still cover the collarbone of a size 2. It's tricky. Changing, oh the the length, oh my god the length, the dress, the making sure that the length would be good at every size because it does change slightly with every size. That was all things that needed to be resolved. And the truth is that this dress has some serious engineering in it and I mean that quite literally. Uh, my younger brother and I do a lot of DIY stuff together and it usually involves us building and planning a woodworking type thing. We've built drawers and shelves and bookcases and designed rooms and fabric holders and 
all bad things. And for this dress, I really bounced ideas off of him. And we approached it from a similar place of drawing diagrams and figuring out how the adjustability would work and what the shapes needed to be to make it work and to make it literally work from a construction perspective, from an engineering place. You know, that that idea of how do you have a neckline that fits a size 24 head but still covers a two collarbone, that was probably the most challenging to figure out. The trick is in the shape and the way that it's cut out, but it's it was really like building a piece of furniture. It was it was really intense. And I have done more dresses, more versions of this dress than any other piece in my collection. I lost track of how many muslins. I think I think it was about 20. My previous record was 12, so it's definitely somewhere above that. And there were times when I really doubted if it would be possible. Um, there were times when I considered splitting it into two different sizes. I'm so glad I didn't do that. Not only because I completed the goal I set out for myself, which is really cool, and the challenge of it was very fun. Um, a one size, you know, there's there's meaning behind a dress that fits sizes 2 through 24. There's a prevailing thought that someone who is a size 24 cannot possibly look as good as someone who is a size 2. I obviously don't believe that to be true. And I wanted to show it in a really dramatic way. Your size does not dictate how much fashion you are entitled to. Your size does not dictate whether or not you get great choices. Your size is completely irrelevant in how you look in this dress. The origami dress conforms to you and lets you shine no matter how you're feeling about your body that day. And in my head, that is a superpower. It, it really is. That's transformative. And I wanted to lean into that journey we take with our bodies. So food features pretty prominently in this campaign. I created a little cafe called The Folded Table. Thank you to one of my followers for suggesting that name. It's so perfect. And at The Folded Table, everyone is welcome. And we laze the days away. You know, I've always shown my clothes on multiple sizes, but for this campaign, I really leaned into that even further. I'm featuring women who range in size from 2 to 20 and height from 5'4 to 5'11. You can see all four of them on the website at impactfashionnyc.com. So yeah, on a personal note, you now know how strange um, and difficult the beginning of this year has been for me. In my head, my grandfather's illness, uh, passing, and COVID are all one big lump of mess. Diving into the complicated construction of and the challenge of this dress was exactly the therapy that I needed in a really uncertain time uh, in my life and in my business. And planning this campaign has been a victory lap <laughs> and seeing how well the design has been received has felt like a giant hug really from you all. I already know based on the messages coming in what having a dress like this would do for your closet and your confidence and that right there is the absolute best part. The origami dress is currently on pre-order. It's guaranteed to ship by September 10th. Based on the orders coming in already it does look like some colors will sell out in the pre-order. I will be restocking, but if you'd like to guarantee your dress uh, before Rosh Hashanah, before the Jewish New Year, please be sure to pre-order, otherwise I cannot make any
promises. Um, it'll, it'll be coming back, but there will probably be a lag in between. You can get yours by going to impactfashionnyc.com and hitting the big yellow button on the homepage. It says, discover the origami dress. If you have any questions about the dress or you just want to chat, shoot me an email at rifki at impactfashionnyc.com. Rifki is R-I-V-K-Y. Or you can message me on Instagram at impact.fashion.nyc. There's a highlight on my Instagram page called the origami dress where you can see lots of info about the dress as well. uh, And I answer some questions there also. It also occurred to me last week that the tie-dye colors of the most perfect mask work really well with the colors for the origami dress. So I wasn't planning on bringing them back, but I will. I will bring them back in a limited run so that you can match them up. And it's so cute together. The pre-order for those is also open now and they're guaranteed to ship by September 10th. Get those by going to impactfashionnyc.com and selecting mask from the main menu. Thanks for listening. I'm putting links to the origami dress and the most perfect mask in the show notes, along with some at-home activities, perfect for quarantine, some of which are free, all of which are high fashion, and now you know where those came from in my brain. Access all of that by swiping up on the cover art or going to impactfashionnyc.com. To hear more episodes, be sure to subscribe. If you enjoyed this episode and want to help more people hear it, leave a review or a quick rating. They really do make my day. The episode art was designed by Michelle Moses. Original music composed by Nissan Fetman. This episode was produced and hosted by me, Rifki Itzkowitz. Catch me on Instagram and Facebook at impact.fashion.myc. As always, thank you so much for your support. And here's to making an impact.